Welcome to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood. I'm Gene Natale, co-founder and CEO of Troutwood. Today's episode is a familiar face is joining me and a colleague of mine, Maggie Mayer. And the title of the episode is um, essentially Maggie's story behind building a personal financial plan. And it's your story, Maggie, which is why I paused a little bit as I was going to read the title because it isn't my financial plan. It's your story <laughs> and your financial plan. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. So uh, let me give like a 30 second background here, Maggie, because this is actually how you and I met. Uh, I've, for the past seven years, administered a, a statewide here in Pennsylvania collegiate financial plan competition in conjunction with the CFA Society of Pittsburgh. In seven years of administering this competition, we have had one student submit a financial plan outside of a you know required college class. That was you, Maggie. You, you did this uh, when you recognized the value that it would add to your life. So I'm extremely interested to have that part of the conversation. But it is how you and I met. And I'm going to just read. Actually, I'm going to have you read it, Maggie. Uh, would you read the <laughs> title of your financial plan? Because when you submitted this, it caught my eye immediately. My title is Owning My Financial Future, Personal Financial Plans for Years 1, 3, and 5 After Securing a Job in the Tech Industry. So we're going to go a few different directions here. But first, what was your inspiration? When, when you heard me give the introduction, you were the only student ever to submit outside of a, a professor saying this is for a letter grade or this is for an assignment. You did this on your own. What inspired you, Maggie? So it's actually kind of a funny and sad story. I was supposed to go on a public service trip to Iceland over spring break, but it unfortunately got canceled because the airline shut down. So Wow Air was doing um, like pretty cheap flights to Iceland for a while, and then they went bankrupt. So my trip got canceled. So I was kind of sitting around spring break. I didn't know what to do. And I came across, I think on Facebook, I came across the financial plan contest and was like, you know what, let's try it. My parents had actually, previous to that, they'd made me go to, well, made me, that's, hold on. <laughs> my, parents, <laughs> my parents sent me to this financial planning kind of money conversation class at Citizens Bank. And so I had made somewhat of a financial plan before, not really, or at least I hadn't known what it was. So I took this as an opportunity to kind of see that knowledge that I had started to build and kind of further it and apply it. So, so it sounds like, Maggie, that you were the just the model college student. You had everything lined up and you knew what you were doing. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did it work yeah, that way, no. though? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I mean, I was definitely, you know, when you're in college, you're in such a bubble. It's kind of you're approaching real life, but you're not quite there yet. So you're still kind of in la la land and nothing's completely, I don't know, this, this doesn't apply to everyone, of course, but for me, I was kind of just, oh, let me just take care of school and study for school. And then I'll figure everything else out later. I really hardly ever went out of my way to learn as much as I did eventually. But um, yeah, this plan was definitely the first step in that direction, at least. Let's talk about kind of given that, that you're not identifying yourself as the model. You know, this this was, it sounds like a, even with the citizens 
class that you attended, this was mm -hmm. still a bit of a one-off. And Maggie, what was your, can you tell everyone what you studied in college? I studied computer science. So you were not like, you weren't a, a finance major looking for extra credit either. This was random. Yeah, it was totally random. And you know, what's funny too, is that my mom had given me your book previous to the competition. And I didn't realize until after I'd already started looking in the competition that you were one of the judges and I had read your book before. So that was actually a big source in my financial plan, which is pretty wild now. What's neat hearing that is, I don't think you, you did not tell me that and that did not shine through in the plan. It was just a resource that you had used when you were mm -hmm. building your plan. Maggie, before, because we're going to answer three questions, why you build it, how you build it, how much time it took. And for mm -hmm. any of our student audience that is listening in, I think you're going to be very pleasantly surprised with the answers that Maggie gives. And let me tell you from, from my side of the table here, having seen hundreds of these plans, Maggie's was very good. It was thoughtful. It was laid out. We'll share some examples of it. But Maggie, I think I want to share that a fun story because when I saw your plan come in, it was the same time we were starting Troutwood. When I saw such a well-built plan and you wanted to work for a technology company in Pittsburgh, I sent you an email. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to read that email? <laughs> I don't know if I know the exact verbiage of it, but you asked to meet with me and I got the email back. You said you read my financial plan and you it was good. And you said, can, can we meet sometime? I teach a pit. And what I said back was, okay, but you know, why? <laughs> like, what is, what is the meeting for? I didn't know. Which Maggie, I've never told you this before. I loved the honesty of that. I love that you had, <laughs> well, why do you want to meet? I did this financial plan. You didn't do it to impress. You did it because you saw value in the process and having a working yeah. financial plan for your life. I loved that answer. And then we did have coffee and, and look, here we are yeah. today. Um, yeah. Let's answer okay. those three questions. Why did you build it? How did you mm -hmm. build it? And how much time? Actually, answer that one first. How much time did it take? And then it, back I into the white. I finished it over the course of spring break. So that like about a week, I guess. So I won't embarrass either you and I because we have a similar taste in bad movies. So, But I'm assuming you found a little time for fun in that spring break. You weren't burning the midnight oil doing 15 hours a day in this financial plan. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I did spend some time, you know, binging my shows, I'm sure. Just sitting around being kind of sad my trip was canceled there was some time for that <laughs> 10 hours more or less would you say over the course of that week yeah probably right, so that's a that's Somewhere a fair maybe. estimate for anyone so let me put that into perspective at this point in your life maggie you would have you would have put over ten thousand hours in the classroom you know building mm -hmm. your trade pursuing the the cs uh, degree and ultimately career and you spent 10 hours combining that 10,000 hours of academic hours into a plan mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. Yeah. So time well spent. Why yeah, and definitely. how did you do it? So, I mean, the why part of it was it, there are a couple of different factors, I'd say. I think definitely a part of it was expanding on the knowledge that I began to discover in that financial class that I had taken before. Um, and specifically because my parents have never been super great with money. And so they were kind of encouraging me to learn more about finance so that I wouldn't make the same mistakes that they did. So it just kind of matched up well with um, where I was in terms of learning about finances.
Well, Maggie, let me ask, a, uh, let me just interject with a question. Mm. Maybe less a question than, a, than an observation. And this feeds a little bit off of our last episode. I appreciate that you said that the reason that your parents were nudging you in this direction was, you know, their their history, you know, their their, mm-hmm. their relationship with money. So many parents or folks are just uncomfortable talking about their past history with money. And mm-hmm. it is really inspiring to hear you you say that and share that because I'm hopeful that both students and parents listening say, hmm, we're not alone. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciated that my parents shared that with me and wanted to help me, you know, do better than they did. And um, that yeah, that push in that direction from them was ultimately super helpful, just even going down the road until now. Boy, I appreciate hearing that, Maggie. So part two was the how. Yes, so you, the how. I did a lot of research, kind of trying to figure out what was important, what was normal to include in a plan or a budget. Um, you know, looking for data from Pittsburgh and for people in my career and for people around my age, just kind of combining all that data and making an estimation of what would be normal numbers in my plan. So I was going to a lot of different websites, looking at data, looking at different calculators, um, reading your book. <laughs> um, I also used mint.com as a source, which I use right now actually still to kind of budget my money and see where everything is in one place. And uh, Nerd Wallet also was great, a great resource. Because as you were building, you were start you were starting from nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. so you were starting with a blank piece of paper and a, a wide open future. Excuse me, I hit my mic there. I'm interested <laughs> at your choice of the word normal, because as you were yeah, saying average. normal, but I understood the way you meant it. And I thought it was interesting the way that you chose that word, because I read so many of these plans mm-hmm. and the two things that I see most common, which are kind of statistical anomalies, most plans I see are making expecting to be making six figures in three or five years, mm-hmm. which is very unrealistic. So right. it's by any measure that you can find, that's a very difficult goal to achieve in, in you know three or five years of school. So it's above average, but their view of normal is different. And actually it's the most yeah. common piece I hear from college students is the reason my plan didn't work is I overestimated. Mm. Um, that sort of stuff. And then because mm. of that, I was spent of my head overestimated the budget, the money I could spend. Yeah. Maggie, can I read a couple of your sentences from your financial plan? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we started with kind of the, the bit and I want to give a shout out to the CFA society because your first sentence is the CFA society's collegiate financial plan competition has inspired me. Um, what I love about your plan and, and financial psychology has since shown the importance of this. You write in the third person. You're writing about your future self, not mm-hmm. I'm going to graduate in two years. Hi, my name is Maggie. I just graduated. Yeah. Uh, and they've shown that when studies have shown that when you talk in that manner, you are more likely to achieve your goals. I was just hired by a large technology company in Pittsburgh. My first year financial goals include, and I've had, you have 10 goals here, but I'm going to highlight one of them, starting a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. I think I know the answer, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did you start your Roth IRA before that or not until after graduation? 
Not until after graduation. Sure. Right after you stuck to that goal then? Yeah, I mean, I did. It kind of didn't feel real to me until after I graduated and did have an income that I had to manage. So once that became real, um, a lot of the goals of my financial plan just kind of naturally came with it. I'm curious if you could go elaborate on that comment. It didn't feel real. Was that because of the way that Roth IRA had been framed to you? Was it because you didn't have that full-time job yet? I mean, definitely the way that a Roth IRA was framed to me is a part of it because it kind of was not framed to me <laughs> previously. So yeah, it's just kind of, it was something that I discovered in my research that felt a little bit too, maybe too grown up or something for me at the time. I didn't really fully understand it, I felt like. So I, I didn't really take that action step until I felt more comfortable um, with my finances and kind of had a better understanding of exactly what a Roth IRA was. Maggie, if you were talking to your you know, self from a few years ago or talking to my students at Pitt this semester, what would you say if they had that same conception or belief about a Roth IRA being you know, out of reach or, or not right now? I would say that start as soon as you can. I wish I could go back in time, even to me, you know, in high school and say, just do it, just start it. Cause you don't even have to put a certain amount. You can put as much as you can in it. So I would say start early and you can go a little bit slower. So maybe you'll be more comfortable if you're putting in smaller amounts and then you can kind of build up that confidence and start putting in larger amounts when you feel more comfortable and understand it the best. Because it's such an important piece of a, of a financial plan, I'm curious what your emotions were as you went from hearing about a Roth IRA, mm -hmm. thinking it's more for a, a grown up, and then mm -hmm. to this perspective now saying, wow, I wish even in high school I would have done it. Mm -hmm. When you finally opened your Roth IRA, what were the emotions you felt? Was it that? maybe the fear that you were thinking or the not for me? Was it the opposite of that? I was actually super excited. I felt like it was a big step into a more secure financial future. And it was just a really exciting thing for me. It was kind of like when I got my credit card, I felt excited because I was kind of taking matters into my own hands and actually making progress towards my goals, making a solid step I just remember I texted Rachel, our um, other Troutwood member, and I was just like, Rachel, I opened my Roth IRA. I'm so excited. But I, I yeah. love that. Well, so I have your one, two, three, four, five, six. I have your eight financial goals from your plan. I'm going to just read them, Maggie, and let's say yes or no if we, if, if, uh, how are you doing? Did you establish a checking account? Yes. Did you establish a savings account? Yes. And did you select a credit card? Yes. Are you saving money for risks and emergencies? Yes. You started a Roth IRA. We know that one. Mm -hmm. Are you paying down your student loans and paying them on time? I am not yet. They're all that, like federal for the most part. So they're on pause, thankfully. That, that, that's the era we're living. That's not a choice that you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you paying your bills on time? Yes. And are you using the company 401k? I am, yeah. Hey, Maggie, how awesome.
so cool <laughs> and, and so unexpected. It was so crazy for me to look back on this plan and be like, wow, I actually did the things that I said I was going to do. That's awesome. That's the value of a plan. Yeah. I'm going to read so you. accomplished. Well, you're incredible, Maggie. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I mean that, but we, we know that. I want to read your last sentence because this is maybe more important than everything else because we, obviously we, we all know the value of a plan across different mediums in life, but there's a perspective we put over things that is, I think, maybe more valuable. And your final sentence is especially grateful for our life together in reference to your family. Mm-hmm. In a financial plan. I thought that was such a beautiful ending where you came full circle from um, building a plan, you know, putting yourself on path to achieve your financial goals and then tying it in with the single most important thing in life. And that's the people we surround ourselves with. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to share that. I was Maggie. just going to say that's what financial freedom allows you to do, you know, is to enjoy your life more and to eliminate that worry. And um, yeah, so financial planning is super important. I, I hope we reached the non-finance students with this episode, Maggie. Is there any, any words of inspiration you want to give the students who um, are thinking, boy, this just sounds like a, a tedious task? Yes, I do have some good words of uh, wisdom here. As I was looking through my financial plan And as you heard before, I spent a lot of time researching numbers, looking at data. It sounds like a lot. It sounds like it's going to be a lot. And this is going to be a shameless plug here. But in the Chatwood app, it literally takes just a few, like, taps on your phone. And I think that's really powerful and amazing because... If you're intimidated that you don't know everything, you don't know where to look for certain statistics or anything like that, the Chatwood app just has it all laid out for you, which is insane and amazing. And we're all so proud of. Um, I'll, I'll echo the proud part, Maggie. Well, and, and part of the inspiration is was these years of reviewing these collegiate financial plans, the plan that you built. Mm-hmm. I have in the classroom every semester that I have taught I have had college students, I don't want to say cry because I feel like that comes out the wrong way, but become so emotional what they've accomplished that tears are in their eyes. And yeah. to what you said just a couple minutes ago, it's, it wasn't because they got a good grade or did the assignment well. It's because they saw a path to something they didn't previously think was attainable, and that was a life with financial freedom. Yeah. Maggie. Maggie, thanks for having the courage to share this and to, you know, just revisit this plan that you built a couple years ago. Yeah, of course. Thank you for tuning in to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood.